1: Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please, as we go through the following safety instructions. In the
0: event that there is a loss of cabin pressure, oxygen mask will drop from the overhead. Place the mask over your nose and mouth. Breathe normally as oxygen is flowing even, and the mask will not Be sure to you adjust your own. hello 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 everyone welcome to the holy Loqui podcast where we step out and speak on sexuality this is your favorite host Vernon t scott also known as slater jackson and for you freaking motherfuckers out there sebastian's adams on today's episode we're diving deep into a very tough subject uh it is my specialty of course it is rape culture and i am joined by the beautiful anissa how are you doing today
1: well i'm better with that compliment thank you so much you're welcome you're
0: welcome it's the smile it's the skin it's the hair it is everything that is you you are a very beautiful person so love to have lovely
1: to me thank you I should talk with you more often
0: (laughs) that's what a lot of people say
1: (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. so
0: um Well, since this is your first time coming on to the podcast uh, and the audience have no idea who you are, of course, we've had our conversations. I've learned about you, learned about your uh, yoga therapy, everything like that. But the audience has no idea what greatness that you bring. Uh, Do you mind filling them in in on a little bit about yourself and what you do, uh, your expertise and all of that?
1: Well, thank you. I will. Um, So my name is Anissa Hudak and I am a yoga therapist. I work with folks who have uh, PTSD or TBIs, which is traumatic brain injuries. And I actually specifically work with women who have been sexually traumatized. Uh, In the past, I have worked with veterans, uh, which is a great group of uh, folks to work with. However, what really filled my well was working with women who were like me. I am a two-time rape survivor. And so I walk the walk every day. And getting to see a, a woman make a change on the mat, some sort of a shift, really just filled my well. And so that's primarily where I um, place my emphasis on is working with women like that. Mm, Additionally, <laughs> I'm I'm sorry, I'm a mom. Um, I have two and a half boys. Um, I am a um, grieving parent. I lost one of my sons is a twinless twin. Oh. And so that's why I say two and a half. I have an angel as well. And um I live in Kansas. I live in Manhattan, Kansas actually. Uh where the livestock outnumber the people. <laughs> and I'm originally from New York, so I left the big apple for the little apple.
0: Oh. So how was the culture like there versus like New York and Kansas? Like how, how, how what was it <laughs>
2: like? like? You said that
0: the livestock outnumbers the people. And I'm like, that's interesting. I like the sound of that. That means at least um, in times of struggle, people won't go that hungry. So,
1: <laughs> No. Um, what is the culture like? It is um, particularly very conservative here. Now, if you were to drive an hour east and get to like Lawrence or even an hour and a half, two hours to get to Kansas City, um, it's a little bit more liberal there. However, it's incredibly conservative here. And in fact, I've been told that I do the work of the devil by teaching yoga.
0: Wait, just for teaching yoga? Yes. Interesting. Interesting. Now I I really want to talk to some of those people who believe that just to understand exactly where that, how that interplays. Is it because um, uh, the mention of chakras and whatnot or engaging with the spiritual self that makes it the work of the devil? Like, have they ever described how is
1: the work of the devil? I don't even know if they know.
0: (laughs) That's interesting.
1: They probably heard their pastor say it. And there we are. Um, it is incredibly conservative here. We are probably, I would say, a good 15 years behind either coast. Oh, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> wow.
0: But uh, has that, their perspectives impacted the clients that you serve? Or um, for those um, who seek you out, are they uh, able to find you without any trouble?
1: Well, I actually think that it really held back a lot of um, people in general, both men and women, um, from seeking help because of that thought process. Um, and when I had a, a space, a, an actual yoga space here in town, people didn't want to see be seen going in for that kind of um, therapy. Mm-hmm. And so even before COVID, I actually closed down my private space and was moving towards online because um, I could help more people mm-hmm. and it, they could do it a little bit more anonymously. So, it, you know, it, it was, it was difficult.
0: Mm. It sounds difficult. It sounds like a, a uphill battle, a constant constant uphill battle and the slope of that is 90 degrees so wow (laughs) that's that is that sounds like a lot to uh, push through I know like even here where I live here in Augusta um there um even though it is uh, a place where most people may think is very liberal in a sense it's a very conservative town because um there is um very drenched in uh religion um so it's not necessarily that people are not inflexible but it's more so like when it comes to sex that's when we have the issues and that's when we're unable to have these kind of discussions like of course we we don't mind allowing people to be free be happy be them but then when you add that layer of sexuality that's when you see the conservative conservative within, um, Augusta, even when it comes to school policies and stuff like that, because we, I remember, um, being in middle school and whatnot, and, um, we had the dress codes and they're not trying to, um, be lenient with those at all. Make sure you, uh, you have a certain length of your, um, a certain length for your dress as it relates to, like, um, Was it like for women, their skirts can had to be like a dollar length away from their kneecap. It was was just so much. So, so very much. And it's annoying. Uh, and it really does inhibit the growth of a lot of the people who live in this city too. So (sighs) if only. (laughs) <laughs> one second my okay i let my computer do whatever it wants to do right now but um let's get into the actual topics today so um as i mentioned at the top of the show we will be talking about rape culture and part of that discussion is victim blaming and uh, victim blaming in itself is whenever someone well in the context of um Sexual assault, rape, and whatnot is whenever, essentially, you're blaming the victim for their um, being perpetrated or being victimized by some individual. So um, <clears throat> you uh, it had to have been something that you were wearing. Did you lead this person on, and all these other things, rather than just accepting that the person who violated the, the individual is the you know the one in the wrong here. Uh, what is some of the experience that you've had as it relates to victim blaming and helping people, um, you know, not necessarily heal from that, but not perpetuate um, victim blaming.
1: Well, you know, you, you hear about what was she wearing? Was she asking for it because of what she was wearing? Um, how she was acting? Um, and I say she; it could be he. Um, were they incapacitated? Were they drunk? Were they drugged? Mm. Um, and I mean, did they voluntarily take drugs, not was something slipped into their drink or anything like that? Um, you know, I, I love the whole, what was she wearing?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, that just cracks me up. Um, we can wear whatever we want to wear.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It doesn't mean that I want a man to put his hands on me. Um, you know, I think that there should be, though, a, a, a discussion about, what is rape? Mm. Because there are different types of rape yes. and um, there's coercion rape and coercion rape is a really s- very slippery slope. Um, and it's not so much about, you know, what she was wearing or, you know, was she drunk or anything like that? Um, coercion rape is something like, um, and I had this happen to me. I went out on a date with a guy, first date. And on our way home, he said to me, where are we going to pull off? And I said, pull off for what? And he said, well, I bought you dinner, so you're going to blow me. Oh, wow. Now, just because somebody buys you dinner or takes you out doesn't mean you, ha- you, you have to perform. Mm-hmm. I threw him a 20 and told me to drop, you know, told him to drop me off at my driveway. I never saw him again. Um, coercion rape is when you're in a position and a lot of women um, of domestic violence and men fall into this where, you know, it's between being raped or maybe getting um, beaten. Mm -hmm. There's no choice there.
0: It's either hell or hell.
1: So you pick the lesser of the evils. That's coercion rape. So even if they're not holding you down, uh, you know, tying you up or what have you, they are holding you down with words. I'm going to kill your children if you don't, you know, let me rape you or what have you. Um, That is coercion rape. And so... Then you, you get into then, well, you know, she was asking for it. She was wearing this. I thought that that's what this was about. You know, I took her to dinner. No, 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 no. <laughs> that's not how that works. You know, um, there's so many le- layers to the onion. Um, and so, you know, I think you need to look at each individual situation and see, you know, rape is not always some guy dragging a girl down a back alley and having his way with her. It looks like so many different things. And then as a way of, you know, justifying what was done, we pull out the victim shaming.
0: Mm. And I I agree that is a conversation that we really do not have often because like, Coercion happens throughout our society in so many different facets, and we just get used to it in a way. Um, Like, even when it uh, came to like when I used to work in customer service, and I worked at an insurance company where we had to do upsells, but the upsells itself is that we are already doing these things on their policy without the uh, customer having the chance to say, Oh, yes, I want that or I don't want that. And that was something that I never felt comfortable with doing because I want them to know exactly what's going on, on their policy and what they're paying for and things like that. But as a, you know, professional within that field, I have to do that or I get fired too. So it's like, in these situations, we're stuck in a position where I need to do this so I can continue to uh, work or continue to survive, continue to pay for um, what I have around me, but I'm still uncomfortable throughout this process too. And I say that to show that in a way to empathize with those individuals who um, have never been, uh, well, to provide a way for people to empathize for those people who have been victims of sexual assault and don't really understand how nuanced or how it can happen or even how coercion happens to somebody or Some people cannot grasp that concept of, well, how can this person how can this person really pressure you to have sex? You said no, and you know, or you said yes to it, so you had to have wanted it. You you said yeah, right, and that's not the case. That coercion, that coerced yes, is not truly consent. That coerced yes is not saying I really do passionately want to do this thing with you. I was forced in some way of doing this. I felt pressured. Are, I felt as though my security would be gone from me. Therefore, I had to say yes, just so I can continue to move past that point. Because I was at a point of a blockage. Um, and I had this individual in front of me, or be it someone domineering or someone who has, like, in, in your situation, let's say if that um, man decided to not take you home, uh, because of he wanting to have a blowjob, that means now you're in a position where you're trapped with this person, and the only way that you can get home is to provide this uh, thing that he's asking for. It's still a, a version of rape that's still coercion, that's still uh, removing that consent, and you know, people just have to be able to grasp and understand that these, this is not a healthy way to engage in sexuality. This is not a way of truly consenting to having sex with somebody and it's very toxic. It is very inappropriate and it's it tears at a person to have to be in those positions where they have to sacrifice their own safety um, just so that they can move to the next step because someone else, uh, some other individual is preventing that for them. The Holiloquy Podcast focuses on the variability of sexual expression. When it comes to sexual expression, we often depend on pornography to illustrate how one must perform sexually. For those who have not learned this by now, the stuff you see in porn is not real. Pornography provides a singular perspective of sexual expression that is not often the reality we see during our own sexual encounters. The Holiloquy Podcast is a conversation that takes you outside of the compressed box of what many know about sex. Some of the topics we discuss includes kinks, condom usage, status disclosure, and past sexual experiences. The Holiloquy Podcast steps out on sexual norms and recognizes that the norm is not the only normal. Subscribe today and join the conversation. just so that they can move to the next step because someone else, uh, some other individual is preventing that for them because they feel entitled.
1: You know, how many women have had to sleep their way to get a promotion? Mm. Yeah. You want the promotion? Give me a blow job. You know, you want this promotion go away with me for a weekend or what have you. Um, How many women have been faced with that? Mm. And I'm sure there are men out there that have been faced with it as well, you know, uh, in a reverse kind of a way. Um, So you know there's there's also that and of course then she was asking for it because she wore you know skirts and high heels um or what have you so um but you you actually bring up an, another thing and that is um you know consent well she said yes you know um as the mom of of two boys one is 21 the other is 17 i've told them i don't care if you're in the middle of something if she all of a sudden says no you put it back in your pants.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: No means no. And the reason, you know, I have told them, and I'm like, listen, you're not going to die. You know, you may not feel that great, but you're not going to die. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> However, when I was 18 and in college, I was date raped. And when it happened, I wasn't really sure that I was raped. And I, I went to therapy because that's what you do. You go to therapy, right? And you, um, and I said to my therapist, I had this situation occur, and I don't know if I was raped or not. She said, you know, we'll explain it to me. And I said, I consented. I was dating him. I consented. We were in the middle of things and we had changed position. And all of a sudden it was physically hurting me. And I said, hey, can we stop this? Can we just, you know, change position or whatever? This just doesn't feel great. And all of a sudden it was like somebody flipped a light switch and this guy just changed and he continued to do what he was doing I couldn't get away. I could, I mean, he had a hold of me. I couldn't go anywhere. And he was getting off on the fact that he was physically hurting me. Now, if you're into that, that's totally cool. You know, there are safe words. There's things in place for, you know, everybody's consenting. It's not a bad thing. However, if you're not into that and you didn't agree to that and that's not your gig, that's
2: Agree.
1: And that's what happened. In, so, think- you know, it, it's, I consented at the beginning, but I didn't consent to that.
0: And I I appreciate you for sharing that um, because there are some people who've been in similar situations who just don't even see or identify that as being a, a version of rape. Um, because, like you said, you consented, but you didn't consent to that much of that. You didn't consent to all of that. And even um, wanting or have trying to have that conversation that, hey, this is actually hurting me and not being respected and how there's a multitude of individuals out uh, in this world who've um, been in similar situations. Even myself um, been in something similar, but uh, unfortunately for me, that person ended, uh, did. did stop um, because I um, because I am a pretty a, a stronger person uh, it's easier for me to push someone off of me and whatnot but there's pe- uh, multiple people who may who may not have that strength or who may not be aware within those moments of how they do have a voice uh, or even if that voice is stolen um, because the person's not trying to hear that it is something that they're, they're, uh, they were violated in a sense. They were, they were violated and they, it's good to acknowledge that uh, and be aware that this is the thing that happened to me. And then, you know, process that, find therapy, heal from that uh, if possible, um, <clears throat> like notify law enforcement of what happened, um, depending on if, that, if that's what you feel the need to do, do that. Um, and that's not encouraged enough. Uh, and I do understand the systems that we work with and the culture that we live in, that most sexual assaults are not taken seriously. But the more that people report, the more, um, <clears throat> more accountable people can hold our uh, law enforcement to doing their job um, to force them to get um, to take care of us as a uh, c- civilization as it pertains to our sexual wellness and making sure those individuals who choose to violate that are behind bars are held to uh, a higher esteem are held accountable and whatnot so there's a lot to it it's so much to it
1: I have a lot of women who now ask me you know I've had this Particular situation, I, I don't know if I was raped or not. At that point, I generally already kind of know that they probably were. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, well, if you feel comfortable telling me about it, I'll I'll give you my, you know, opinion. Um, and you know, nine and a half times out of ten, it was absolute rape. Um, and women just again the whole stereotype of being dragged down an alley by somebody you don't know, mm-hmm. um, which is. You know, not always the case. In fact, almost never the case. Now, here in America, um, statistics say that one out of every four women have been sexually assaulted. However, due to under-reporting, which you just spoke of, we actually think it's one out of every two women. So one out of every other woman walking down the street.
0: That's a lot. It's, a, it's very unfortunate. It's, 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 it's it, That's a lot. Too many. Way too many. And then... Justice isn't always served. And that's the other part about it.
1: You got to hope, you know, if if they don't go to the police, you got to hope that karma picks up the slack.
0: (laughs) Got to love her. (laughs) She's always watching. She is always watching. Uh, another thing um related to uh, rape culture that we uh we're going to talk about today is toxic masculinity. Um, and I I've seen like in media circles and whatnot, even on social media, how uh, individuals may bring up the topic of toxic masculinity and tr- dismiss it or um, say, oh, what about toxic femininity? Which personally, I do not necessarily believe in. I, um, Because when you look into what we describe and define as masculinity versus what we uh, describe as femininity, If we were to do, do like, a toxic femininity, that means someone who's uh, caring way too much and losing themselves, and we see that often. That's most definitely in, like, a, a severely codependent relationship. You may see something like that, but that's based off of the qualities that we define as femininity. Uh, but in masculinity, being aggressive, being the manly man, or being uh, the breadwinner, all those characteristics that we describe as masculine, um, you see that uh, form in regardless of the person's gender. That you can find. That uh, is the issue um, that I define and uh, other researchers define with it uh, as it relates to toxic masculinity um, not necessarily oh it has to be a man it has to be this that the third is the 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 behaviors of what we define as the traditional masculine being on such a high level that uh, it becomes toxic and harming to other individuals um, and it's part of and I will say based within the root um, traditions are just a nature of patriarchy in, in any ways. But what, what is your view of toxic masculinity? How have you seen that being uh, shown throughout the years uh, as it relates to sexual assault, rape culture, and what we see in the media?
1: Um, boys will be boys
0: mm.
1: as a, a way of justifying poor behavior and manners. Um, Cat calling to a woman walking down the street. uh, A a man eyeballing a woman and undressing him, her with her his eyes. Um, Being in a restaurant and a guy eyeballing a waitress as she walks by. When he's especially when he's sitting there with another woman, um, and and feeling entitled to do that. Like that's okay for me to do that. I'm just appreciating beauty. No, you're being rude to the woman you're sitting there with, dude. Like, your attention should be on her. Your attention should be on your task, not call, catcalling to a woman walking down the street. Mm. Like, mind your own fucking business. Do what you got to do. Excuse me, my French.
0: Oh, no, we we, we, we uh, love all profanity on this show.
1: Because <laughs> the F word is like my favorite. So I've been behaving. Um, <laughs> but, you know, so, yeah, yeah. Um, that's what I see. And and as a mom of boys, you know, I I've been I mean, they know that I've been raped and um, you know, they I, I think I, I hope that I've taught them really well as to, you know, that's you don't catcall to a woman, you don't eyeball her, you you know, you keep your eyes here, not on the chest. How many men talk to a woman by looking at her breasts? Mm. I mean, if that's not rape culture. But boys will be boys. It's the epitome of it.
0: I agree. Um, It definitely is. um, I I see it very frequently uh, whenever i see the <laughs> i only see clips of it i have yet to watch a full episode of any of the podcasts within the alpha male podcast um, media sphere but a lot of that information that they provide to their listeners is rooted within toxic masculinity every uh, thing that says this is how you have to be a man or uh subjugating someone else under your whim most definitely if it's someone who's a woman making sure that you're the head of the household and she she has to you know um, fit her role make sure that she's taking care of you um, your needs your sexual needs and all of the other things and not seeing the, the partner as being a full human being um, this is uh, when you see um, either man or woman trans or however the person identifies saying that if you're doing these certain things you're a weak man or you are not strong or any kind of behavior that does not allow a man to truly be human um uh, meaning unable to cry unable to feel unable to show worry show care um having to um anything that says that the man has to protect um what's out there their loved ones or however that it uh looks uh and when i mean protect meaning grab a gun to uh, shoot on somebody that's innocent per se, Um, always willing to fight somebody rather than having a conversation with somebody to understand what's going on here. Uh, Let's talk about this. Let's talk about that. Go to therapy. uh, Well, the lack of going to therapy is something that's seen as being masculine because a man shouldn't have to ask for help. All of these things, all of these things is just a list of things that are within that. Sphere of being toxic and masculine. Um, And we definitely need to provide space for healing. Uh, I will say that men do deserve a safe space to have these conversations without judgment. Um, And within that, we have to co-create that space, Uh, meaning men, uh, masculine presenting people have to be willing to listen to create this space and not judge before it's, uh, available, I guess, uh, would be a good way to say that. Um, because whenever, <clears throat> what I've seen is whenever there is the talk of let's heal and let's address men's issues, um, there's always a pushback, um, uh, from men of, we don't need this, uh, we uh, we are, you know, the tough guys, or what have you, and then it is doubled down by people, um, uh, I have to say, I don't want to call them pick-me's, but the, uh, it's doubled down by women who uh, fit that trope of um, wanting that toxic masculine figure I guess so now uh because it's coming from a feminine perspective and the men who are seeing these things they're um associating with uh, associating that concept or that idea of oh okay if these women are agreeing with that that means all the women agree with this and not stepping beyond that sphere to realize that's a small portion (laughs) of women who accept this kind of behavior Um, those who have gone to therapy those who have healed those who want better for themselves they don't want to be subjugated they want to be treated like a whole human being and even those who um are willing to be within some type of traditional role still look at the relationship as yes i'm doing these things but we're still equal uh rather than i have to be the slave to my husband or what have you what are your, what's your take on that
1: well you know again i'm the mom of two guys right mm-hmm. and my boys uh went through boy scouts now recently the boy scouts started allowing girls in hmm. and um i I'm actually the chair of of their Boy Scout troop. And as our our committee, we decided we were not going to have girls in the troop. And the reason for that is we all felt that these boys needed an outlet just to be with other boys. They needed that camaraderie. They needed that safe space to be guys. You know, sometimes they roughhoused. If we threw a girl in there, that's just asking for disaster. (laughs) Um, because we're not physically built like a guy. I mean, it's just anatomy. Mm -hmm. Girls should also have a safe space where they can be with just girls, hence Girl Scouts. Mm -hmm. Now, I know the reason, one of the big reasons why they did a push to have the girls come into the Boy Scouts is because the Boy Scouts have um, stronger scholarship opportunities. And, you know, if you are an Eagle Scout, that's like a you know, um, secret membership, you know, you get a secret Mm. Dakota ring, you know, there's a secret handshake, whatever. And, you know, it says something on a resume. Oh, you're an Eagle Scout. In fact, and I will tell you this because I know this for a fact, at West Point, the United States Military Academy, when they are going through their applications, if you are an Eagle Scout, you are put into a separate section Oh. and you are looked at uh, differently. I know a lot of colleges do that, not just... West Point. So there are a, there's a lot of perks with being a Boy Scout and being an Eagle Scout. And I understand why the girls wanted to come in on that, because they wanted it to be equal. Well, then my thing is, make the Girl Scouts equal. That's fair. Make their scholarships as robust as the Boy Scouts. Make that organization as robust and, and reputable as the Boy Scouts. There's no reason why you can't. However, Girls should have that space to be mm-hmm. with other girls and boys should be able to have their space. I
0: agree. I agree. Because, um, I remember over the years and, uh most often when I was in college and, um, there's the creation of so many different, um, uh, safe spaces for uh, marginalized communities which i agree we definitely need those regardless of a person's identity um be it their sexual orientation race or what have you Deserve to have a space for themselves to just be them without any judgment of any outside individuals, Uh, because there's something about culture that is just so very strong. That uh, is very appreciative and even just the multiple different ways people engage within those same cultures is also great Uh, and that's the thing I see that's the greatest part of having a safe space and because. Uh, a safe space may exclude people, Um, I feel as though that we have to have those conversations to uh, recognize that the exclusion is not out of hate. The exclusion is out out of the preservation of self-care and community. And that's about it. And it's not about uh, we don't want you here. and You will never be allowed here. It's just in this moment, in this time, during this uh, these engagements that we're wanting, we're creating an atmosphere where we can feel free and whole without any outside judgment, without anyone saying, how dare you people do certain things? Um, like if I go to a, a gay club or a queer bar, anything like that, and I feel uncomfortable being there, though I'm a part of that community. I will know that I have to dig into myself to understand what is making me feel uncomfortable about being in this space of people who are just like me. Um, That's something self-work that I will have to do. But if I go into a a space that is not rooted for me, that's not meant for me, and I'm uncomfortable, yeah, I will still do some self-work. But who am I to speak up to say, how dare you all do these things? Because I'm not a part of that community. I'm not a part of that identity. Therefore, I cannot necessarily speak on that Um, now if in terms of if that community is like negatively oppressing or um, um, perpetrating or um, ostracizing others out of hate that's a different kind of conversation Uh, and I I need for people to understand that too Uh, whenever you're trying to have a space just for wholeness it is about that community but when you're having a space to provide hatred or to um make someone feel less than that's not a safe space that's uh, a hate group (laughs) in a sense
1: you know i run into this more times than you would think because i work with women Mm -hmm. i only work with women now that being said that's in my group work that's in my membership on -on one-on-ones i work with men women trans, whomever, I I don't care. Um, but in my group work, I work with women and I've had people say, well, why can't men join? Why can't, you know, um, because that would hold back women from being safe to say, or do what they need to work through. Mm -hmm. Um, and then for, for trans, for women that were born men and might've had a sexual assault experience who want to join like my group work I can't let them one because obviously it can be um, upsetting to a woman if she hears a, you know, a male voice, Um, you know, men look a little different in yoga pants than women do. Um, You know, there's, there's anatomical things that just don't go away. Um, But also two, I don't have the education to work with trans. I, I know women, but I don't have the education and I would feel really bad taking somebody's money and not feeling like I was giving them the best that I could give them. And so I don't work with trans in that setting. And so I've had a lot of people say, well, you know, you're discriminating. No, I'm saving you money. <laughs> you know, I I don't have that education. There's a lot of layers to that onion that goes beyond a woman. And I don't feel like I'm equipped to handle that. And I actually have found someone who does work in that genre and so i now have a place where i can say but i can send you to somebody i can refer you to this person who who does that um am i discriminating am i um am i creating a, a toxic feminine <laughs> you know <laughs> culture <laughs> i don't think so because i'm trying to create a a safe bubble for women and i'm also trying to be true to the people who you know are coming to me and saying hey i want to work with you and I don't have that education i don't have that know-how
0: and i would say that's very fair that's very fair and to admit that too because um i think being open about it and uh, as well as being open about the shortcomings is the thing that's very important for people to understand Uh, because uh, even with your explanation of why and how you operate in this manner. Um, most definitely you said that you still will provide the resources for someone who's trans as well as um, work with them individually, just not within the group setting, which is a good thing. It's, um, that's the thing that um, people have to look at is that this space is just curated for a specific identity, but me or the business or the work itself does not discriminate that is something that's available for whoever uh, i'm able to work or have as a client um but this space that i'm creating is just for that and uh, i'm protecting the security and safety of those individuals within that um, group um, and their sensibilities and um, um in preventing any kind of drama or unnecessary drama by going a step forward or uh, making them uncomfortable or having these discussions and things like that. But I'm just trying to make sure that this is continues to be a space uh, for the vibe that I have for, for my, my clients versus um, creating something that may create animosity or even put this individual at danger, which is something that you uh, we all have to be mindful of too, um, regardless of what our backgrounds are, how much we advocate for certain people and how much we want to um, do the best for everyone, that the people that we work with, uh, most definitely in group settings, we do not know their full stories. We don't know their full lives. We don't know exactly who they are outside of our care. So because of that, we have to be cognizant of who we add within the mix. Because um, if I accidentally ask somebody who triggers someone else now we have an issue within the group now we have to unpack that that's a lot more work that we have to do um maybe we have to uh, go to a completely different service maybe now i have to get rid of these two uh individuals because of this um drama that was created because you know whatever the differences may be so um i appreciate you for being open about that too um but that's 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 a conversation that a lot of people have to think about when it, most definitely when it comes to business as well as um how we interact with uh with others like um when it's like i think people need to start looking at things in the context of what is going on or what is happening within this business like you provide a human facing service uh, in in media and um in like reports of people being homophobic, let's say it's more of a consumer product or like their groceries, cakes, or whatever the case is. Um, where you may see something about discrimination, what have you. Um, When it's, for me, when it's dealing with foods and stuff like that, just serve people food. (laughs) There's no need to have uh, uh, religious ideology or whatever the case is when it comes to providing a service for people. Um, Let people eat. (laughs) <laughs> regardless, like with, with Chick-fil-A and their history, let people eat. <laughs> that's that's it. You're here to provide food for people. People are going to pay you for food. Let them eat. Great. You uh, you make wedding cakes. Just, just make a cake. You're getting paid. You're getting paid. You're not creating a space where you have to interact with people on a regular basis. You're just, like, not to simplify the job, because I know baking cakes is, like, tough as hell. But make the cake. Just just share this experience with these individuals. And look, someone may love the cake that you made for them, and they may want to utilize your service going forward. It's that simple.
1: However, so so when we're looking at this, um, let's take a look at Hobby Lobby. Mm-hmm. Now, um, they are a, a, a Christian-based organization. They are closed on Sundays. Um, and if you work for them, and you... Have uh, insurance, health insurance benefits through them. You cannot get a prescription for birth control.
0: Wow! What the hell? <laughs> I did not know
1: that. Let's look at Walmart. If you are a single mom and you work for them, you are not considered a head of household. Therefore, you cannot get insurance benefits. Wow! So when we talk about masculinity, um, there's there's so many so many layers to this. Um, you know, yoga pants. So I live in yoga pants. No Mm. great, you know, mystery there, of course. I mean, (laughs) I, you know, occupational hazard. Only in the last five to seven years have yoga pants been starting to be made with pockets. Now, why is that? Generally, when you look at women's clothing, there's a lot of articles of clothing that we wear that don't have pockets. In fact, it's a big thing if you can find a wedding dress that has pockets. Mm. Why is that? Well, when you look at Even in the 1920s, so about a hundred years ago, women were not allowed to have checking accounts, no banking accounts. They were not allowed to handle money. So there was no need for a pocket because the man handled all of that. Even to this day, our clothing still shows that. So when we look at yoga pants, one, we don't want to disrupt the aesthetic of it because you know, men like yoga pants and if there's pockets in it, well, then that's going to throw off how they look. And again, why do women need pockets? I mean, we're just, what what could we possibly have to carry around?
0: Mm, a weapon. I'm sorry. Because <laughs> there's a lot of, yeah.
1: I mean, you know, this touches so many aspects of our lives as women that people don't even see. They don't understand. You know, when I got married, I did not take misses. And, you know, people were like, you know, even to this day I get you know letters Mrs. so- and- so and I'll send it back <laughs> I am not Mrs. When you look at it when a guy gets married he does not change his title mm-hmm. however, a woman not only changes her title but she changes her last name. she's showing a change in property. She went from being her father's property to now her husband's property and it tells you where she is in the chain. if she's Miss or Ms, She's with her father, with his last name. When she goes to Mrs. and another last name, she's now married, and that person owns her now.
0: That's important to know. Yes, uh, it goes way back into the histories of why weddings be- became a real thing, anyways, became a legal practice, and it is a legal practice um, that many people forget. <laughs> it is legal. It's it's not is not something that's really within religion it's all about making a deal um, and that's how it's been since they put that info within the bible um there's been multiple cultures throughout centuries that did not practice uh, weddings the way that we practice like maybe you have a ceremony of love or what have you whatever the case is but there wasn't any kind of legal uh, signatures that you've uh, had to you know sign, there was no transfer um, of property, anything like that. Most of those uh, ceremonies was more of a spiritual thing of bridging two houses into one, and that's about it. And nothing necessarily about, oh, now we have this document that you belong to this person you are uh legally married everything that you own he now owns or he whatever he owns you now it it was nothing about that like even when you go back into like the 1500s um the marriages were reserved for those people with wealth and not the common person because they didn't have anything of value so
1: yeah there were no dowries yeah exactly (laughs) now do for women who do take Mrs. and their husband's last name, you know, that's great. I have no problem with that. That is their own choice. Mm -hmm. However, I do not still to this day, go by Mrs. (laughs) And I actually don't even go by my husband's last name um, only for extreme legal conditions. Like, you know, he was military. And so I need to have it on my military ID and things like that. Otherwise I don't even use his last name. That is my choice. Um, and yet I get pushback for it and I'm like, you know, I'm not pointing out how you've chosen to live your life. Don't give me a hassle for how I choose to live my life. Mm. Um, you know, and again, I, it's just, it's something, well, that's how society is. That's how this has always been, but that doesn't make it right. I mean, women have been circumcised for thousands of years. It doesn't make it right. Mm just because it's always been done.
0: Exactly, and um, my last note before we uh, switch over to um, the Never Have I Ever segment is that uh, something that people should be mindful of is the word tradition is rooted within conservatism. It just means not wanting to go, um, to make any kind of progression. If you want to uphold a a tradition, which is I'm all here for it, but make sure you know what that tradition is and figure out how that tradition can fit within today's culture as well as today's society, as well as with all the innovations we made in this life. If that tradition is something more of like culture specific, meaning um, washing the hair of your daughter uh, on her wedding night or whatever the case is, yes, continue to do that those things, those cultural traditions that shows uh, love and appreciation for our loved ones always do that. But if that tradition means that you have to restrict the autonomy of another individual, it's time for you to rethink that tradition and understand where it came from. Uh, Other than that, yeah, that's my view when it comes to that. Um, Another thing, uh, because we didn't get to it. Uh, we uh, is related to consent, the cup of tea video. Uh, I am going to post a link of that in the show notes. So it, everybody, when this uh, airs, make sure that you look into that video, click on it so you can watch that so you can understand a little bit more about consent because consent is extremely important. On that note, you know, are you ready for a little never have I ever?
1: Absolutely. Let's go for it.
0: All right. So, this is this this one says, never have I ever talked dirty to a lover during sex.
1: No, that's that's no. Of course you know, I
0: have. <laughs> you have. Of course. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. I have not. Um I don't like talking for me whenever it comes to the dirty talk my mind automatically goes to like a porn and i'm just like uh and because the acting is so horrible in porn videos i'm just like it it, it takes me out of the 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 zone and I, it just turns me off so How i you just say
1: don't that porn is so real I mean, it's- <laughs> It happens like that every day everywhere. And they get the actors for that. What are you talking about? You're watching the wrong porn.
0: Clearly. <laughs> but it's just I it just makes me I'm like, "Oh, uh, no. It's I think it's the phrasing how people um say it during sex that might impact it impact me and I'm just like "Mm, we could we could change this up something make it a little bit more natural and when it feels natural I engage in a natural way but if it feels like you've been watching porn for the last 18 hours and now you're trying to live through uh live that scene now I'm not here because I did not come to to this engagement to be an actor I'm not acting today where's my script (laughs)
1: <laughs> now i will have to say it really depends on who is saying what and how very true. um you know there have been times where I, i've been with someone and they start talking and i'm like oh hells no oh like huge turn off like i mean i was with one guy and he started and i i literally looked at him and we were we were mid action and i said okay thank you very much i need to go and i literally got up got dressed and walked out um ew however (laughs) there are other times where it's um in the moment it's wonderful it's maybe even needed um and it's not a terrible thing it it adds to the experience um and and then there's other times where yeah you're right you're in you're opposite ron jeremy and ooh
0: yeah, right. Like I know there was this like, <clears throat> usually I don't like whenever anybody refers to my asshole as like a pussy. Um, it makes me feel very uncomfortable. And then it also brings me back to those horrible ass porn. So, um, but there was a time it was during a role play scenario uh, with someone and and within that, I was playing a character, and then he said that, and it wasn't something that turned me off. Then it actually turned me on, and I wanted to engage a little bit further because it was a part of the scene. It was a part of the character I was playing, so it fit very well. So it's just, I, I think it, like you said, it depends on who, depends on how, and how this takes place, because. If we're not on that level, or if you're so stuck into trying to live out your best porn fantasy, then it's just not going to work for me.
1: So that reminds me of an episode of Sex and the City, where Charlotte is with this new guy, and every time he is climaxing, he starts yelling slurs at her. (laughs) You motherfucking whore, you slut, you the she just, she, it, it it just was bracing to her. I mean, you know, who wants to hear that as you, you know, you've got a guy coming in you. Gosh, this is graphic. (laughs) And so um, she wound up having to break up with the guy. I mean, she said the sex was great except for that point. And then, um, you know, it it was just really hard. She couldn't get past it. So um, if, you know, if you ever want to see something like that, sex in the city, I don't remember the name of the episode, but uh, poor Charlotte.
0: Oh, I definitely look into that. (laughs) You know,
1: Charlotte really went through the ringer. I have to say, she actually had a situation, and we talked about this earlier, where she was hanging out with a group of lesbians. Mm -hmm. She uh, was not, um, but she was, and she was having a great time. She was enjoying herself, and finally, like the lead uh, lead lesbian. I was trying to say Led Zeppelin and that's not it. The lead (laughs) lesbian stopped her at one point and said, listen, if you want to continue to hang out with us, we love you. We would love for you to join us, but you got to be a lesbian.
2: That's
1: awkward. (laughs) So, um, so, you know, and we talked kind of about that, about, you know, uh, inclusivity and everything. So um, Mm -hmm. if you're, you know, wanted to look at that, uh, you know, poor, poor Charlotte, she went through the ringer. She really did.
0: It sounds like it, and now, <laughs> now that you said Led Zeppelin, I'm like, I, so I cannot speak for the lesbian community because I'm not, and I do not ident- identify as woman and or a lesbian. So, can we have a meeting, queer people? Uh, and I need it to be a large number of lesbians here. And I, I, when I say a large number, we need the millions because I, I just need everyone to take a vote. Can we call the lead lesbians Led Zeppelin or no? can that be a thing can we make this into a thing (laughs) like just just imagine just you know like there there has to be a leader in all groups so you just go to your friends and like who's led today who's led zeppelin today like i just need to know so we can act accordingly and that's it (laughs) you go into a meeting let's bring up led zeppelin and it's it's great it's great look we're having we're having the lgbtq meeting they're already talking about what's on our agenda if you watch all the damn media out here the news outlets they're talking about what's on our agenda i don't know who's let this slip we need to have a meeting soon <laughs>
1: that is funny oh my gosh that's a riot i just couldn't get it out and it just wanted to come out as led zeppelin I don't
0: know why. Led Zeppelin is the new lesbian leader. It's official. We're here I for like it. it. <laughs> I like it. I like it. That's going to be the episode title. That's why I have to say it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Anyways, Anissa, thank you so much for being such an amazing person. Um, do you have any last words that you would like to share with the audience before I close this out?
1: Giving up is not an option. <laughs>
0: That Giving up is
1: not an option.
0: I like it. So absorb that. Anything else you want to add on that? Or are we just sticking into that?
1: Um, you know, if you think that you would like to work with me, you can find me at traumahealingyoga.com. I'm on all of the old people's socials. <laughs> I am not groovy. I'm not on TikTok. I'm not on Snapchat. I'm not groovy like that. You got to find me on like, you know, Facebook and e- IG and LinkedIn, Pinterest. Trauma I, I come up like a bad penny, but I'm not groovy. So don't look for me on the, the, the young people stuff.
0: <laughs> I understand what you mean. I barely get on TikTok other than to watch the videos. It's I, I am not a TikTok creator. I am not. I love y'all though. Those who do it more power to you. But on that note, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. You are it's very happening. appreciated. Uh, to the audience out there, thank you all so much for listening to the Whole Holilopy podcast where we step out and speak on sexuality. Just in case no one else told you this today, you are beautiful. You are worthy of happiness and joy. You are enough and then some. You may not live up to the expectations of others, but that is okay. You are only required to walk in your own shoes. May each day you live lead you towards abundance. With that said, love you all and see you next episode. Bye.